Today, Rinpoche began the explanation of generosity and the divisions and so forth and showed how after one gives all of his or her belongings to sentient beings, he or she can still use those things without stealing. So in the previous class, um, I'm going to have to just look it up, but in the previous class we went over a section uh, that there were 18 categories of, and we made it to number 16. Uh, so we're going to continue along where we left off from last class. Anybody who's new, all of the classes are for free online. You can, you know, look it up there if you want to just get current or just kind of have a frame of reference for where we're at right now. You can just go back to the previous class and that'll kind of bring you up to date within the section. So um, just as a note from a translation perspective. And uh, uh, so the Puik Rinpoche? Sumja Um, 368, right? Okay. Uh, so, 368, so in the English, we are on page. Okay, so the English will be... I just want to get everybody exactly where we are. We're at the top of page 368 in the Tibetan. Um, so I just want to find where that breakpoint is. 368. Okay, so the, the precious garland, there's a quote, and it looks like uh, right at the end of that quote, it says, Furthermore, uh, do not hold on to companions. 118 is the page. Okay, dig some Kurdan 
Okay, so number 16 begins at the pay, um, top of page 118, where it says, Furthermore, do not hold on to companions and belongings that have prevented you from increasing your ability to give things away, that have intensified your stinginess, that have stopped the development of previously absent inclinations to give, or that have weakened your inclinations to give. Do not take on these kinds of companions or accept these kinds of material gifts, even if others offer them. The Compendium of Perfection states, Bodhisattvas give up all possessions that intensify the fault of stinginess or that do not expand generosity, the deceivers that become an obstacle. The Bodhisattvas should not accept jewels, wealth, or even a kingdom if it would harm their generous attitude and obscure the path to perfect enlightenment. Rimache, the the Triwa made some of this that's the NGK the the Dunda Det Sobusha Gangin Sena the Shanchu Semba the Mekashi Sampa the Lona Mekashi Sampa Shanchu Semba the Chalakanga Tegu. Then the the Sanlo Ke Champo Yene the Chikshena the the Dunda Dets the Larona the Gangin Sena the Shanchu Semba the the Sena Shambochana,那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那
prevent you from increasing your ability to give things away, intensify your stinginess, or that have stopped uh, the, previ- the development of previously absent inclinations to give. So even the stopping the motivation to give. Um, so it's not only stopping the giving or decreasing it or intensifying stinginess. It's also um, getting, it's stopping the mo- you from de- um, generating the motivation uh, to give. So these are the three things. Um, it says, do not take on these kinds of companions or accept these kinds of material gifts, even if others offer them. And so what I was asking Rinpoche about is if you misread this, it, you could think that bodhisattvas have to give everything away um, in order to practice. Um, and uh, Rinpoche is saying, and I gave the example of many bodhisattvas that were very wealthy, um, so Rinpoche said that um, the key to that is that intensify the fault of stinginess. If you're, you don't have that in incorrect relationship with your things, with your items, then they don't increase your stinginess, they don't decrease your ability to give. Um, so here it has to do not only with the possessions, but the underlying point is the motivation um, and what those possessions create based on your relationship with them and what your companions uh, kind of reinforce within you, your friends, your associates, whether they reinforce positive things or reinforce negative things. So it's saying basically to stay away from those that reinforce negative things and if your items are a problem for uh, um, decreasing stinginess or increasing generosity, uh, then you need to get rid of those as well. Um, but it's not saying that one has to, um, because it's, it's those who have a problem with this particular negative negativity of stinginess, lack of generosity. Um, so I just I asked Rinpoche to clarify, um, because you could read it, bodhisattvas give up all possessions um, that intensify the faults of stinginess, and that could read in such a way that would seem that a bodhisattva can't have anything, um, and that's just not the case. Um, we see the even the current Dalai Lama, as a translator's note, who has things. Um, so uh, anyway, that's number 16. Uh, if you are following, uh, taking notes uh, within that eight, 18 categories um, under uh, this section. Dixon. <laughs> Tanje, <laughs> Lula, <laughs> 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 
te je dan ki ta je san shadde yonzin chaba namasi shir sela tu bi tamba dadatu doat kun la noagna la dagi lutante tadan chujan dagi onjena shirungola shirungola chagi shirungola dagi chashawa labi chuji dala riba me shesos odoba chudi batare doda yan sana jige jige yan jimba tangai de sana ji Lambiji when you act in this way, stinginess may lead you to feel attached to your goods. If so, become attached by thinking the sage reached enlightenment after he gave away every possession. Previously recalling my commitment to emulate him, I gave away my body, every resource, and all of my virtue to all living beings. If I am still attached to resources, I am behaving just like an elephant oppressed by the sun who goes into the water and bathes, and then back on dry land rolls in the dirt. Then again, after it sees that it is covered in dirt, it goes back into the water and does the same thing over again. Uh, the Compendium of Perfection says. Um, so in the Tibetan, this reads like if the elephant is concerned with being clean, and that's why the elephant's taking a bath, then there's irony in that. So that the Tibetan reads that if the elephant's thinking of, of being clean, why is it keep do making itself dirty? Um, so the Compendium of Perfection says, Recalling the superior deeds of the sages, strive at them and reflect on your commitment. Understand the following excellent thoughts in order to clear away your attachment to things. I gave away my body to all beings. Then I relinquished the virtue of this gift. My being attached to external objects is senseless like an elephant's bathing. Uh, so meaning that um, previous going from practice to not practice to practice to not practice doesn't make sense. If you go from generous, being generous to miserly and back to generous to miserly, because previously you have said, um, I offer all of, these, all of my body and resources to all sentient beings, but then you become miserly. It's similar to a repetitive process that has no purpose, such as an elephant uh, making itself dirty and needing to bathe and and creating that process over and over again. Ne 
Okay, uh, so number 18 is, if you are unable to generate intense delight as you contemplate the many benefits of giving things away, and great fear as you reflect on the faults of tight-fistedness, uh, you will naturally produce a generous attitude. Accordingly, generate the thought of giving away everything to others at the conclusion of cultivating love and compassion, or at the conclusion of reflecting on the life stories of the conqueror, his children, and so forth. Uh, so that concludes that section. Okay, so now we move into the next section. I believe there are three of... My break point was incorrect um, at the 18. 
it actually ends at generous attitudes. So if you are able to gener- generate intense delight as you contemplate the many benefits of giving things away and great fear as you reflect on the faults of tight-fistedness, you will naturally produce a generous attitude. So that's the number 18. Um, ni- uh, now we begin a new section altogether. Rinpoche said he believes there's three points um, that breaks it into three points. Accordingly, generate the thought of giving away everything to others at the conclusion of cultivating love and compassion or at the conclusion of reflecting on the life stories of the conqueror, his children, and so forth. Um, So uh, when we generate love, this is generating the idea that may all sentient beings have happiness and the causes of happiness. Uh, Generating compassion is generating this idea that may all sentient beings be free from suffering and the causes of suffering. Uh, So uh, these are the sentiments of these two topics that Lama Tsongkhapa is saying we can incorporate into this practice of giving everything away. Um, So uh, we can, it says, uh, um, accordingly generate the thought of giving away everything to others at the conclusion of cultivating love and compassion, or at the conclusion of reflecting on the life stories of the conqueror. So after one has generated the idea that may all sentient beings have happiness and the causes of happiness, may all sentient beings be free from suffering and the causes of suffering, I give uh, all away to those beings. Uh, So uh, you would, in this one instance, practice in that way, or it's saying after you've uh, reflected on uh, the life stories of uh, the conquerors and the um, the um, the Jataka tales or so forth is what it's speaking of here, the Jerup. Um, so um, that's it. Uh, let me just make sure. So Okay, so um, that is uh, where this first one ends. Accordingly, generate the thought of giving away everything to others at the conclusion of cultivating love and compassion or at the conclusion of reflecting on the life stories of the conqueror, his children, uh, and so forth. Then a shunju. Okay. Shamba Shes <laughs> 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 
Okay, so uh, now number two uh, is the quote from the Shanti Devas <coughs> engaging in the Bodhisattva's deeds. So the previous quotes were um, from Arya Shura, uh, the Compendium of Perfections. Now we get into a, a quote from uh, Shanti Deva from the Bodhichara Avatara, uh, and it's supporting this idea of, of giving away uh, all of these resources and body and so forth. So supporting what Lama Tsongkhapa is, is stating, that uh, generate the thought of giving away everything to others. So then where is this from? Where is this idea from? And we find it in Shanti Deva's text. Um, I will give away without a sense of loss my body uh, and my resources, as well as my virtue, um, my root virtues... Hold on, just one second here. It doesn't, I think, um, it doesn't read the same. One moment. Okay, so it says, I will give away without a sense of loss my body and my resources as well as my root virtues from the three times for the welfare of all living beings. You focus on three things, your body, your resources, your roots of virtue, and mentally give them away uh, to all living beings. So, um, I will give away without a sense of loss my body and my resources. So here, uh, if it would help, giving, giving one's body uh, is one th very dear to oneself. So this decreases stinginess. So giving away one's body, one's resources, meaning the things that you have, your, this word can be translated as enjoyments or wealth. Um, so it's the, the things that you have. Um, and then it says, as well as my root, my virtue, all of my virtue, it says, as well as all of my virtue from the three times. Uh, this past, present, and future um, is what the three times is referring to, um, but the root text doesn't say past, it just says the three times, and then you would, Rinpoche then explain what the three times is referring to. Um, so I'm just trying, explaining this because it would seem redundant. If you just read the English, why is Rinpoche being redundant? But it doesn't read in the Tibetan like that. Uh, what it reads in the English has just been interpreted. Um, so it's taken what the three times is referring to and then just explained it instead of just saying the three times. Uh, so just as a note, Rinpoche explained past pre what the three times are, meaning the, the, uh, the virtues that occurred previously, uh, 
the virtues that are occurring currently and the virtues that will occur in the future. Uh, so that's what the three times is referring to um, that is just explained here. Uh, so, um, let me see. Oh, and then it's mentally give them away to all living beings. So this is something that you're mentally doing. You're not physically um, engaging in this um, in this particular context. You're just mentally imagining that you're um, giving these things away. Decent. <laughs> Rangi Sambashe, the Uh, if you stop the craving, so that's uh, ends number two. Number three now begins here. If you stop the craving that conceives everything to be your personal property and then repeatedly condition yourself to the attitude of giving it all away to others, you will be called the Bodhisattva. The Compendium of Perfection says, All these things are yours. I have no pride that they are mine. Someone who has this amazing thought repeatedly and emulates the qualities of the perfect Buddha is called the Bodhisattva, so said, the inconceivable Buddha, the Supreme Being. Dixon. What did the Matanta Kasure? 
There was one thing that Rinpoche did say, I just remembered, is he was reading through this. Um, so the Bodhisattva's opponent is pride or miserly, or is miserliness. Um, so it's saying that uh, I have no attachment that they are mine. So the body, Bodhisattva is saying that um, uh, I have no attachment. Uh, these things, um, I will give them all to you. Um, so it's uh, the opponent of miserliness. So, we have previous examples um, of these types of generosity in the previous life stories of Buddha. Uh, we see here these three things, giving away your body, giving away your resources, uh, giving away your root virtues. So, in the previous story of the Buddha, in a previous life, uh, he engaged in the generosity of giving his body. Uh, he came upon a tiger and her cubs, and they were starving to death and uh, had no food to feed them, so he actually took a part of the tree um, branch and shaved flesh from his own skin to feed the tiger and the babies uh, so that they wouldn't perish. Lesser. So this uh, actually happened in a place in Nepal you can visit uh, where we say that the Buddha engaged in the generosity of giving his own body uh, where he offered this flesh uh, to this mother uh, tiger who was starving um, and her young. Tanda
Okay, so <clears throat> if you stop the craving that conceives everything to be your personal property and then repeatedly accustom yourself to the attitude of giving it all away to others, you will be called a bodhisattva. Uh, the compendium perfection says, um, so believe that, um, I'd have to go back and look now, but this this text is the um, by Shanti Deva. Uh, I know I said before Arya Shura, so I I just have to look and see if those are the same names in Tibetan. Um, but anyway, uh, all of these things are yours. I have no pride that they are mine. Someone who has this amazing thought repeatedly and emulates the qualities of the perfect Buddha is called a Bodhisattva. So said the inconceivable Buddha, supreme being. At present, as your determination has not matured and is weak, you do not actually give away flesh, etc., though you have already mentally given your body to all beings. According to the compendium of trainings, however, if you do not train in the thought of giving away your body and life, you will not become accustomed to it, so you remain incapable of giving away your body and life. Therefore, from now on, cultivate this thought. Uh, so it's saying that right now, um, we can look at the story um, of the previous life of the Buddha and see where he engaged in this generosity of giving his body. But we aren't at that level. We aren't at a place where we would know that that would be proper or giving our body would be right. So this is something that we mentally train in. Uh, this is something that we become pre almost prepared to do and accustomed to so that in a future life when we are realized and have to make a determination like that, we won't have any obstacles to giving away our bodies. We won't have any obstacles to giving away our, our things. So here it's saying that um, at the present, we don't have this maturation of thought, and we don't have the determination, nor do we have the realization of necessity to know whether it's needed or not. Um, so it, because of that, we engage in this practice mentally and using our imagination so that when the point comes where it becomes something uh, needed more than imagination, uh, we won't have any obstacles to doing it whatsoever uh, because we've been, been so accustomed to it. Uh, it's saying that we've meant that we're already mentally giving away our bodies and so forth to all beings. Um, uh, um, we're saying this, but we really need to mentally train in this activity of actually giving it um, 
so that it it becomes more natural in future lives. Deso. Hoje tá dando uma Som vazou agora. Somebody Rendez-vous, Okay, 
Okay, so we're going into another section. I was just asking Rinpoche how many there are points there'll be in this section for people who are taking notes. Uh, so the first, uh, this section, um, the first point um, is at present, uh, your determination is not matured and is weak related to giving away one's body. So the first point here is that um, in this new section is that um, we're mentally giving away these things. We're not actually giving away our flesh. We're not expected to go feed animals with our body. Uh, we're mentally doing this so that when the time comes where we're spiritually mature and that decision would be the right one, then we wouldn't have any obstacle to it. So that's the first category. The second category is this next uh, um, paragraph. If you use food, clothes, shelter, and so on, that you have sincerely given away to all living beings, and you do so with craving for your personal welfare, forgetting the thought, I will use them for others' welfare, then you commit a, a major infraction. When you have no craving but forget to apply the idea of focusing on all living beings, or if you use these resources for a particular living being out of attachment, you commit a minor infraction. So here, this is referring to the root, the 18 root vows and the 46 secondary bodhisattva vows. Uh, so it's differentiating between what a, a full infraction of the root vows is and what a secondary infraction uh, would refer to. So um, it's saying that um, if you um, use your, you've previously said, I give all these things away to others. And then you start using your things and don't in any way think about others whatsoever. You just previously said you were give them all away, but now you're using them without any kind of motivation and you have this craving for, you know, this attachment to this personal item w without having any uh, wish to give, this, this deep craving or attachment, um, then that's a major infraction. But if there's no craving, but the motivation of others isn't there, others' needs isn't there, um, then this becomes a minor infraction. So there's focusing on one's own needs and then focusing on others' needs, the rangdun, shendun. So it's, it's a, I think, yeah, one's own needs and others' needs. Um, so when you um, disassociate your thought pattern with others' needs and only think about your own needs, that's when the major infraction takes place. When this disassociate, this um, craving um, for your own needs isn't there, but there isn't this motivation for, uh, for everyone, then it becomes minor. So, um, it, that, that's the differentiation. I'm, I hope I didn't confuse it more, um, but Rinpoche made it clear um, the, the difference, as does the text. Decent. <laughs> Once 
Okay, so we're getting into a section. I'm going to do the best I can with it because it's a debate type section um, where uh, there are some ideas that are incorrect that have come up uh, in terms of value and is something stealing? Is it a root transgression or a secondary transgression? So it starts to get kind of complex in this section in terms of what Rinpoche's uh, commentary is. So I'm going to just do the best that I can with it to make it make sense. And uh, it's dealing with um, infractions. Um, and when 
how does one commit an infraction? An infraction occurs when you have specific abandonments uh, that you have committed to abandon. And if you don't abandon them, then this is a transgression. Uh, so there are root vows, and then there are secondary vows, or primary vows and secondary vows. Um, so when we look in terms of um, uh, there are different vow kind of vow sets. There are tantric vows, there are bodhisattva vows, there are individual liberation vows. Uh, so all of them have um, different commitments. Uh, so the individual liberation vows, we have the seven lifetime vows of the, just as a translator's note, the, the two of the layperson, the two of the novice, the one of the probationary, and then the two of the fully ordained. Um, so we have seven total um, uh, individual liberation vows, and then the tantric, the bodhisattva vows, 18 root and 46 secondary vows, uh, and I'm sorry, so, and then the tantric vows, we have the 14 vow, root vows. Uh, so there are different meanings of, um, I'm sorry, let me say that again. Uh, transgression depends upon what vow you've taken, and what you've committed to, and uh, whether it's a cardinal or a secondary depends on what vow you've taken and what set it falls categorically under. Uh, so it says, um, with uh, so that uh, one more thing. So, for instance, the uh, fully ordained monk or nun. Uh, they have four cardinal transgressions. They have many, many vows, hundreds, but there's four root vows. No killing, no stealing, um, no um, lying, and, and no um, sexual contact. Uh, so these are the four root vows of the ordained person. Um, so these, if you break any among those four, that's a cardinal uh, transgression, uh, transgression of a, a, my, a major vow. Um, so, um, let me see here. So, with regard to the material goods that you have turned over to others, the compendium of training states, so that's the reason I was questioning before, I believe the Shanti Deva text is called compendium of trainings. Um, so, I, I would need to go back and look at what each of these said the name of the text word just to know if this is compendium of trainings or not. Rimache was referring to Shanti Deva, um, so I don't know both those texts well enough to know which one it's from. So um, that's here you see compendium of trainings. So with regard to material goods that you have turned over to others, the compendium of training states that when you use them for your own welfare, fully cognizant of their being the property um, of others, you are stealing. And if the total value is enough, you commit a cardinal transgression of vows of the individual liberation. So any among the seven lifetime vows that you have, the, those four vows are present as root vows. Um, even in the, the um, layperson vows, you find those four, just as a translator note. Um, you commit a cardinal transgression of vows of the individual liberation. So in response to this, so there are some that say that since you've turned over uh, your food, etc., to all living beings, it's impossible for the total value of one being's portion to be enough, so you can't commit a cardinal transgression. So it's saying that because value is part of the vow, 
Um, in order for it to be a cardinal transgression, you are taking something of, of value. There's people who misinterpret it and say, well, you've given everything away to all beings, and that's a lot. So there's no value that you could take from one person that could be as much. Um, so it's saying that if you were to steal something, uh, Rimche gave the, uh, the example of $100 from one person, you've already given away so much that value, others misinterpret it and say, well, um, that val- that's not enough value because you've already given more um, so, so that's how the debate goes. If I'm not wording it completely, I think everybody understands it. Uh, it's saying that um, you've done so much, just one, to all sentient beings, what, how could one really matter that much, is what it's saying. Um, so that's a, that's a wrong view, by the way. Uh, it's, it's saying that some would say um, uh, that you, so you cannot commit a cardinal transgression. Others say this is not correct because you have turned over your belongings as a whole to each being individually. Others argue that even though you have mentally surrendered them to others, they do not take personal possession of them, so there is no cardinal transgression. So there, this is how debate takes place, um, and uh, it, it goes back and forth until someone is able to ne- completely negate all the fallacies through logic. Majinland Okay, uh, so the first point is from the compendium of trainings that's made. So we'll find these individual points and then how they could be misinterpreted. Uh, so that's the kind of how this first one is anyway. Um, so the compendium of training states uh, that when you use them for 
Let me read it from the heading. With regard to material goods that you have turned over to others, the compendium of training states that when you use them for your own welfare, fully cognizant of their being the property of others, you are stealing, and if the value is enough, you commit a cardinal transgression of the vows of individual liberation. I see. The de when in the, within the definition of stealing, it's, it's, something of, uh, it's taking something of others of value. I think that value word is in there, and that's how this debate starts, because the value uh, word is, is in that. Um, now I see what's happening here. Uh, so the first point is the, the first thesis or statement is, that is from Shanti Deva's text, and it's saying that um, if you take anything from others of value, then this is a cardinal transgression. Okay. I see. So this is the, based on the mental thought that you've given them to others, so how can you use them now? Um, so are you stealing? So if you separate your thought from this idea and you begin to think of them as your own again, are you stealing from them? So I see that that's the point. So if you've made this intention, you've given away all these things to sentient beings, and then you then use them, are, are you stealing from them? Uh, so this is, these are some of the points that are being made within this. So one of the points is that, um, so I'll, I'll begin in response to this. Some say that since you have turned over your food, etc., to all living beings, it is impossible for the total value of, any one being's portion to be enough so you cannot commit a cardinal transgression. Others say that this is not correct because you have turned over your belongings as a whole to each being individually. Others argue that even though you have mentally surrendered them to others, they don't take possession of them so there is no cardinal transgression. So there are all these um, differing points from the first one that are made. Uh, so the first point is the correct one that our school would hold that with regard to material goods that you have turned over to others states that when you use them for your own welfare fully cognizant of their being the property of others you are stealing and if the total value is enough you commit a tar cardinal transgression of the vows of individual liberation. So um, here again speaking of one's own needs and others needs and as soon as you revert back to uh, one's own needs, then this transgression takes place. Rimache, the kali kali ngatriwa yure, the the sanlo dano na, the um, ngay sanlo 
nge chala tamche semchen tamche te dene nge pudin pechiche de gumugu de dasitandu gangen senang nge de pudin te son dene nge pechiche nga salodan kuna dene tsawa Okay, I just wanted to make sure I was getting this correct. If I've given away all things to sentient beings, this is what I just said to Rinpoche, if I've given away all of my things to sentient beings, and then I am sitting here and am no longer thinking of sentient beings, think about my own needs only, and I use this pen out of attachment and say, this is my pen, then that transgression has taken place because you have given them away. But if you are using it in, with this mindset of others' needs, then it's not a transgression. So I was just clarifying with Rinpoche if that's what it's really the debate's about here. Is it that now I've, I've already offered it, and now if I'm using it, am I stealing it? Um, and uh, that is part of the argument um, uh, that if as soon as I, this pen I think of as mine again, uh, then there's a transgression. It's subtle, so I'm sorry I'm not... I, I, I just want to get this as clear as possible because um, it's very interesting. Sanlo, <laughs> Taiba, Samba Tabane, Gombanes or the Gombane, Damatu, the other is Jeremy. Damatu Gombane. They look a long loma song, Gonga Mabuchi. I just need to read the um, quote here. Bodhis, so the Compendium of Perfection states. Bodhisattvas give all possessions that intensify the fault of stinginess or that do not expand just generosity, the deceivers that become an obstacle. Bodhisattvas, did I, did I just pass? I did. I'm sorry. I just uh, went to the wrong page, I think. Hold on. Yeah, I did, of course. I'm all over the place. I'm sorry. Um, the intended meaning behind the compendium of training statement is that you incur... A cardinal transgression, given that the total value requirement has been met, when you sincerely turn your food, etc., over to a human being, and this person knows it and takes possession, whereupon you, fully cognizant of their being another's property, appropriate them for your own use. Therefore, the positions stated by the others are wrong. Rimache, did Sanlo ni? Nyune te dang sanlo te? Sanlo to Okay, so this is thinking, this is all thinking. Generosity of think, thinking, giving. I'm, I'm asking if this is speaking of both actual giving and generosity in the mind. And he said this is speaking of the mental generosity here. What 
The intended meaning behind the compendium of training statement is that you incur a cardinal transgression given that the total value requirement has been met when you sincerely turn your food, etc., over to a human being, and this person knows it and takes possession, whereupon you fully cognizant of there being another person's another's property, appropriate them for your own use. Therefore, the positions stated by others are wrong. Then Rinpoche, the Lama Tsongkhapa, the Kalen, the Ngats, the Sanlo Jimba, the Mejenda, the Chala Ragamare. That Okay, so uh, I'm just trying to get clear. So if you've had this mental generosity, say, uh, uh, it's not about I gave, Lich, I gave Lich a cup and then I want it back. It means that in, this is all mental, that if you've, in your mind, given all sentient beings a cup, and then you think, a cup, and then you think, this cup is mine, then this is the infraction takes place. 
So um, it, it's it's so if if you've you've in your mind mentally said that everything I own, all of my things are for others, and then you're using them and think just of yourself and that you're not that it's it's not others, then at this point you've reverted back to miserliness in some way. It's very subtle, so this is going to take a long time. Just keep reading it over and over and uh, refer to other uh, commentaries just as a translator's note because it's, it's subtle. But Rinpoche is saying that this is all talking about mental. This isn't any kind of just giving. This is uh, and just as a translator's note, when you mentally give, when you mentally give happiness, you imagine at the end of the giving and taking process that the sentient being has accepted and becomes happy or accepts your happiness. So or the conclusion has been met. So in your imagination, you've imagined that those sentient beings know that you've worked for their welfare. So that's what I was asking Rinpoche. How is this qual- qualification met? Uh, the person knows it and takes possession. If it's how does a person know it and take possession if it's mentally taking place? And he says that's part of the mental activity. You're imagining that the person knows it and has accepted it. Part of your mental generosity is imagining that you're generous to someone and that they accept it and know that you've given it to them. So that's how it is. And if I've mistranslated anything, I do truly apologize, but. Um, this is new for me. Two chinning. Ngay sampa tselpo chasong. Yeah. Ngay sampa. Oh, yeah. Okay. It must not be as difficult as I'm making it because he doesn't seem to think it's very difficult. There. There. Oh,okay,answers. Double Double 
Okay, Um, so there is no fault in using some living beings' resources if you think while using them, I do this for their welfare. The compendium of training states, again, this is all mental. It's not saying you go over to your neighbors and take something and say you're doing it for their welfare. This is all, just translators know, this is all mental. Um, There is no fault in using some living being's resources if you think while using them, I do this for their welfare. 
the compendium of training states, and that it definitely says Laptu, that's the compendium of trainings, which is Shanti Deva's text. There is no fault in using things if you think I am taking care of my body, which is owned by others, with these resources that are owned by others. Slaves or servants have no material goods of their own with which to survive. So a servant of a king, for instance, uses all of the king's stuff, things, his food, his, his drinks, his accommodations, all of these things the, the servant uses really has no things of his or her own. Um, so the example is of that, that we look at ourselves as servants to living beings and that um, we've given our bodies to them, we've given all of our resources to them, and that we have these, we use certain things, and, and as, as it says here, um, taking care of my body which is owned by others with these resources that are owned by others, um, I use them, here, hold on, I, oh, here it is, there is no fault in using some living beings' resources if you think while using them, I do this for their welfare, uh, so I've given my body, I've given my resources, I need to use some of these resources for their welfare, so it's always thinking of others' needs, there's one, Rinpoche keeps repeating, there's one's own needs, one's own wishes, one's own desires, and then there's others, um, so the Bodhisattva is constantly working for others' welfare, others' needs, others' wants, etc. I do this for their welfare. So the Shanti Davis uh, Compendium of Training states, there is no fault in using things if you think I'm taking care of my body, which is owned by others, these resources which are owned by others. Servants have no material goods of their own with which uh, to survive. Uh, and then it says, you may think... Uh, I incur a fault because after I've turned over these belongings to living beings, I use them without their permission, but there is no fault. Um, the compendium of training says, a servant who labors, why do they choose that there? A servant who labors hard on a master's behalf might use the master's belongings without permission when the master's mind is unclear due to illness and so forth, but incurs no fault. So when the king is sick, for instance, and doesn't see any of his servants, uh, they still use all of the things, and there's no fault. They don't get in trouble for doing so um, because it's uh, assumed that they're working for the king's needs and they're using them for that purpose. Um, so that's why there's no fault, because the servant serves the king, needs to eat, needs to have somewhere to, to sleep and so forth in order to serve the king. Uh, so we look at it in this same way. In order to serve sentient beings, we need to utilize these things. Selpu lafsa. Two chanarim che. This shitty apple do. Tendawala Kaya, kabiyo rin, Gilde, yuje. Mga susin jala, 
Do not lack faith and think mentally giving away, giving everything away to living beings while not actually giving it is tantamount to a lie and therefore is without real substance. The Compendium of Training says, Some people who are close to a bodhisattva who practice is in this way fail to understand the bodhisattva's practice accurately and lack faith. This is unwarranted because they are well acquainted with someone who has a great and wonderful spirit of generosity. It is wrong for them to doubt this method. Uh, so, it, it, again, this is all in preparation for uh, for when one has the ab- real ability to help once one is realized. So this is all practice. So now we'll get into the divisions of generosity. I see. Less so. Less so. 
Okay, so now we move on to the divisions of generosity. Uh, so we find that there are three parts. How everyone should practice it is number one. Number two is divisions of generosity relative to particular persons. And number three is divisions of actual uh, generosity. Uh, so what is generosity? Generosity is the, mo the motivation to give. Um, uh, so um, so this is, it's, that's the short way uh, you can define it. There are longer uh, definitions, but the short way is, that, um, is just this desire or motivation uh, to give. Um, so, let's see. So, these three categories all have subdivisions um, as well. Um, so, if you look uh, forward, you'll find Rinpoche just um, gave some of the subdivisions of how to practice it, um, how everyone should practice it, divisions of generosity relative to particular persons, and then the divisions of actual generosity, uh, the gift of the teachings of fearlessness and material gifts, and then, uh, and so forth. Um, so the different types of, of things that can be given, um, and then 
also uh, what kind of basis uh, does one need uh, in order to give um, so is it can one engage in generosity in the lower realms is one only in the higher realms uh, so what kind of basis uh, is needed in order to give uh, so all of these things will be explained um, so we begin with number section number one how everyone should practice it and it says, Asanga's Mahayana Compendium says that you practice generosity in association with six supremacies. So there are these six supremacies of supreme basis, supreme things, uh, supreme aim, supreme skill and means, supreme dedication, and supreme purity. And it begins with supreme basis. Supreme basis means that you practice generosity uh, based on the spirit of enlightenment, i.e., you act after you have been motivated by it. So your actions are all moved by um, this spirit of enlightenment. So it's based on this um, desire to become a Buddha for sentient beings that motivates your generosity. So it's saying that the basis of it is the spirit of enlightenment, or bodhicitta, is the base of generosity. Um, and then it says, supreme things means that in general you give up all objects that can, you give all objects that can be given, and even when you are engaged in specific acts of generosity, you do not give up this thought of giving away everything. Uh, so even when you're giving something specific away, you're still thinking you're giving everything away. Uh, so you don't ever give up this, um, all, this, um, wish for everyone. You never give that up even though you're helping a single person, you're still thinking of everyone uh, at the same time. So you're not, um, uh, what's the word? Uh, um, anyway, you're, you're not picking and choosing um, your generosity. There's always this constant um, giving to all that, that is occurring even when you're giving to one. Uh, um, so there's no discrimination in your generosity um, whatsoever. So when you're giving to someone who's close to you, you're still giving to someone who's not. Um, so uh, supreme things. So the, these uh, means um, uh, all of things, um, owned and unowned, your house, your enjoyments, um, your body, uh, all these things are objects of giving. Uh, and then supreme aim is when you give things away to all living beings for the sake of their immediate happiness and ultimate benefit. So the reason that you're doing the giving is so that the person at that time is, becomes happy, but ultimately becomes enlightened. So the aim of it is to have the person, him or herself, become enlightened. But the short-term aim is to make them happy, um, to give them some sort of happiness. Um, I th believe that's where Rinpoche Dopa uh, I stopped Top Top Lomason Tagit Namba Top K Tampa Lomason They Nge De Kasson Tagit Namba Tony to be Shiro Simba Rendwa Tagit Namba Namba Mantubi Jiji Simba La Sun Tesa Namba Mantubi Jiji Tony to be Shiro Simba La Sun Dose Jiji Simba La Sun Tesa Let Namba Yu Let Namba Yu Nature Raji Mantuji Shiraj 
Okay, so the next is supreme skill and means, and this refers to a generosity that is imbued with either the direct cognition of the nature of reality or um, an understanding of it. Uh, so if it's not direct, the understanding. So for instance, one gains an understanding when we look at the five Mahayana paths, path of accumulation, the path of preparation, the path of seeing, the path of meditation, and the path of no more learning. And the Bodhisattva gains this intrinsic, this understanding of the uh, nature of reality from an uh, intellectual standpoint um, when the calm abiding and special insight is um, when one moves from the path of accumulation to the path of preparation, um, there is this understanding without a direct perception. The direct perception doesn't occur till the path of seeing. Uh, so w- let's read this. It said, uh, supreme skill and means is said to be when generosity is imbued with non-conceptual sublime wisdom. Uh, so that's, that's the first way. And that's referring to specifically those who have reached the path of seeing or above. So the path of seeing, the path of meditation, or no more learning. So that first part's referring to specifically superior beings, aryas, those beings who've reached the path of seeing or above. The second one is at all others who are interested, and it says, beginning bodhisattvas should take this, so a beginning bodhisattva, one becomes a, I see, path of accumulation, one becomes a bodhisattva at the path of accumulation. So when uh, the bodhisattva moves from the path of accumulation to the path of, path of preparation, the qualifying part to that is this understanding of emptiness that starts to occur. Uh, so they become a bodhisattva at the path of accumulation. So it's saying those bodhisattvas on the path of accumulation and the path of preparation should uh, take this to be the wisdom that knows the lack of intrinsic nature and objects. So uh, the understanding of the inferential cognition of emptiness, of dependent origination, and so forth. So the bodhisattva who has not yet reached the path of seeing should utilize their intellectual understanding uh, of it, and their, generos- and their generosity should be saturated with that. So it should be imbued with it. Um, so it's saying that the first point is an Arya being, giving, and if one isn't an Arya yet, a Bodhisattva who isn't an Arya yet, um, then would practice uh, it based on intellectual understanding and not direct perception. Uh, so that is uh, the supreme skill and means. So it's the uh, generosity and the motivation or the mental state, an understanding 
trying to the understanding of that generosity's nature, whether it be a direct perception of the nature or it's an inferential intellectual understanding of that nature. Um, it's giving while simultaneously knowing that, translators note, action, agent, and object are all empty. So either you directly know that or you intellectually understand that that's the truth. Uh, so the, early, the learning bodhisattvas who have not yet gained seeing n understand it. Um, so that understanding couples with the generosity, whereas the direct perceiver, that couples with the generosity. So these are the, the this is what skillin means. So, Dixon, Supreme dedication means that you dedicate the virtue from generosity to complete enlightenment. So it's very similar to what we've, we've um, gone over many times before, that dedication is very important. So once you've engaged in this generosity, you need to dedicate it to uh, becoming a Buddha, um, that this generosity is, is dedicated to that purpose. And uh, uh, the reason is that previously the Buddha said, just like a drop of water from a bucket uh, that is put into the ocean, is not extinguished until the entire ocean is extinguished. Likewise, a, a virtue dedicated to Buddhahood uh, remains until it becomes a cause for that Buddhahood that occurs. So it's saying that the properly dedicated virtue dedicated to Buddhahood remains until that happens and becomes a cause for it. Just like a drop of water in the ocean doesn't go away until the whole ocean does. Supreme purity is when you stop both the afflictive and cognitive obstructions. So and then it says, uh, it is said in Asanga's Mahayana con Compendium. Uh, so it's at the top here, Asanga's Mahayana Compendium says, but um, it reads in the text here. It says, as it says in, in Asanga's Mahayana Compendium. So that's why Rinpoche was just explaining that Master Asanga wrote this because it occurs at the end in the Tibetan. Uh, so 
when you stop both the afflictive, so afflictive here is referring to all afflictions, uh, attachment, hatred, ignorance, and so forth. Uh, cognitive obscurations are referring to the imprints of those. According to the Madhyamika Prasangika, the Middle Way Consequence School, uh, the, it, are, it is the obstructions to omniscience, which are the imprints of the afflictions, that cause one to not become a Buddha, which are obstacle to Buddhahood. So here it's speaking of removing the afflictive, which are the regular afflictions, and then their imprints which will allow you to become a Buddha. Rinpoche, Dutsar. Oh, yeah. Okay, so uh, we will end there. Um, thank you, everybody, for your patience. I apologize. Um, the translation was a little bouncy today uh, just because of the subtlety and the new information, and I just wanted to make sure that I got it clear. So I will now... Everyone turns to the last couple pages of the prayer book, concluding mandala offering and dedication prayer. And again, thank you everyone for coming. And uh, it depends on everyone coming for this class to occur. So um, please keep coming so the class can keep occurring. Because without students, there's no class. The fundamental ground is scented with incense and strewn with flowers. Adorned with Mount Meru, the four continents, the sun and the moon, I imagine this as a Buddha land and offer it. May all sentient beings enjoy this pure realm. I dedicate whatever virtues I have collected for the benefit of the teachings and of all sentient beings, and in particular for the essential teachings of Venerable Lozandrapa to shine forever. I send forth this jeweled mandala to you, precious Guru. I dedicate all this virtue to emulate the knowledge of the hero Manjushri and likewise Samantabhadra as well with whatever dedication is praised as supreme by all the conquerors who traverse the three times, I also dedicate all my roots of virtue for the sake of auspicious deeds. In that pure land surrounded by snowy mountains, you are the source of all benefit and happiness. All powerful Avalokiteshvara Tenzin Yatso, may you stay until samsara's end. I pray for the long life of the precious Kensar Wandok, upholder of scriptural and realizational doctrines, spiritual friend who trains extensively in the five great philosophical texts, with exceptional wisdom and perseverance, Tuji Rumchi Guzi Shapi Denulang, Shada Selbudu.